and I'm Jasmine. <laughs> and we're your friends. Friend sisters. <laughs> Not a way to start off the uh, podcast. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, got gosh. a lovely studio here, you know. Oh, yeah. Squeaky chairs and cats come knocking. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry about the cat noises. Yes. If you hear anything in the background, I have nobody in my closet. It's a cat. <laughs> Someone's not gonna want to get out. Just, <laughs> just my, you know, kidnappy. That's all. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> just a small thing. Yeah, no big deal. Gosh. Uh, well, so you want to tell a little about ourselves? You go first. Okay. Well, um, I am a mom of two very hyper little boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jazz is the godmother. She knows all about them. Very. Yeah. <laughs> I have a black cat and a husband I've been married to for almost 12 years. Woo! Yes. And I am a massage therapist. It's important to say. Just started working again. First job since being a mom. So it's been almost a decade of working, but... Wild. What's that like? I know. (laughs) I remember my last day off. Right? I mean, technically I've been working as a stay-at-home mom. I don't know. It just feels... It feels like I'm going out into the world and it feels good. I'm excited you're hanging out with adults i know what's that like i know adult conversations oh weird not having to explain to somebody why they can't have goldfish or cereal for like well i don't know you might (laughs) you don't know what clients you'll meet that's true yeah (laughs) wait what do i show what should i eat after massage something healthy i want cereal i want goldfish (laughs) a whole cup of them i asked my toddler today what do you want for lunch and he's like hmm just put his figure to his chin just really thinks about like he's contemplating the life decision you know mm-hmm. so what, what did he say again he's like um <laughs> this is a great cheese, story <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, what's it called it's a cheesy sandwich I can't think of the name I'm so like into <laughs> the story you're drawn in I know it's, it's truly it's, it's intriguing aren't you excited that I wrote the script for today oh it's gonna be so much fun <laughs> I'll be like, what's, what's that thing again? <laughs> and we both work today. This is going well. I know. It's going, it's going so well. <laughs> um, okay, I guess I should introduce myself. Uh, I am a store designer. I work in store design. Ooh. I don't like calling myself a store designer. It's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a mom of two fur babies, a oh. black cat and an orange cat. It's very Halloween. Yes. <laughs> all the time. Um, and I'm about to be married Ooh. next year next year <laughs> uh to my boyfriend who i've been with for six years six years <laughs> don't let him hear that <laughs> i had well, to think <laughs> it was like um <laughs> six years i only remember because okay. just and i talked about the other day just is my husband oh okay yeah, so i thought you might talk about us like no. how long we've been together no. i'm like what <laughs> we just barely talk about it you know <laughs> i'm like good thing you know because i don't yeah. Okay, anyway, so... So, should we talk about what our podcast is about? Yes, so, we should. Um, we are a true crime and paranormal podcast. Um, just anything that's kind of frightening and um, that intrigues us, we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anything that scares the shit out of us. Yes. <laughs> and if you join us on Patreon, eventually what we want to do is do um, horror movie reviews. Yes. So. Eventually. Yes, eventually. Not right away. It'll be a little bit, but we'll let you know when that's coming. When we work our way to it. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, do you want to introduce the case? Because it's your case. Yes. 
So we will um, go back and forth also. Like, I'll tell a story, and Jazz will tell a story, and mm-hmm. we will air twice a month mm-hmm. on the first and third Saturday, or Fridays we talked about? Yes, Friday. Okay. Yes. That's Frightening Fridays? Yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to talk about Dorothea Helen Puente, otherwise known as the Death House Landlady. Sounds terrifying. I know. Music. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Own sound effects. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she was born Dorothea Helen Gray on January 9th, 1929. Her parents were Trudy May and Jesse James Gray. Her father died of tuberculosis in 1937, and her mother died just a year later in a motorcycle accident. So she was only around nine years old when she had lost both her parents. Damn, yeah. I can't imagine. I know. My also, kind of side tangent, is it bad that when you said, like, her dad's name, Jesse, Jesse's girl just came right in my head? <laughs> well, is it bad that when I saw her last name, I thought, Mrs. Gray will see you <laughs> Very different. <laughs> I started seeing Jesse's girl as you were talking. <laughs> Continue. <Well done. laughs> yeah, my um, oldest is nine. I can't even imagine, like, losing both your parents. I can't either. Be. That's wild. Yeah. Both of her parents were alcoholics, and her father threatened to kill himself in front of the family. I can't even imagine hearing your per- your parents threaten that. Like, that would be terrifying. Yeah, no. I thought I had parent issues. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Her mother was a sex worker and neglectful, so she wasn't around a whole lot. Her mother actually lost custody due, due to neglect um, after her father died, and Dorothea and her siblings were sent to live in an orphanage where she was allegedly sexually abused. So definitely a lot happened to her at a young age. Now, this doesn't in any way excuse what she does later on, but definitely something to look at psychologically. Yeah, no, it can mess you up. Things like that. Exactly. When Dorothea was 16 years old, she ran away from the orphanage and tried to make a living as a sex worker just like her mom had done. Truly don't blame her for running away from that situation. I was watching a video on Oxygen.com with forensic psychiatrist William Vicari, who mentioned that she was a, that there was a major study done on adverse childhood experiences. According to Bakari, Puente had virtually every one of these boxes checked from the study. He then goes on to say that these can be so traumatic to individuals that they lead to major problems later in life, such as mental illness and criminal behaviors. Damn. That's Yeah, yeah she checked like... I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like, I've never done a study like that in depth, but, you know, I've had, like, psychologically tested... Just for like yeah, normal mental health problems, mm-hmm. and I can't even imagine checking every single box. Yeah, like almost <laughs> like virtually every single box. It's like no. damn, yeah, damn. <laughs> um, I know there's a thing of n- nature versus nurture, but to me, it seems like both might have been a factor for Dorothea. She was definitely a product of her upbringing and learned a lot of behaviors, but I think she was born the way she was, just a little bit. But not a psychiatrist, so. I mean, that's very possible. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Not, like, a lot of people. That sounds mean. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, there are people who are born with, you know. Yeah, exactly. Psychological issues. Nothing can even happen to them. It just. Yeah. It's in their DNA. I think for her, there was definitely, like, both because she had other siblings. And I didn't really find a lot about how they turned out. But um, I just feel like she was a little bit more psychologically it makes sense it does I understand yeah she had you know she did some stuff not being mean (laughs) or rude but yes it is possible definitely the psychological the psychology behind criminal behaviors fascinates me though um 
but Dorothea grew up to be just awful. Oops, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Studio, yep. like, noises. Yeah. We're good. We're all good. <laughs> Nobody fall, fell. Yeah. Bald. <laughs> English is my first language, I swear. Is it though? <laughs> it was around the age of 16 or 17 that Dorothea married Fred McFall. McFall was a soldier returning from fighting in World War II. They were married for two to three years and had two daughters together. They sent one daughter to live with relatives and the other was placed for adoption, which is probably for the best that she didn't raise her children. Yeah, no kidding. McFall left Puente in 1948, supposedly after she suffered a miscarriage. However, I only found the part about the miscarriage in one source, but still thought it was worth mentioning, but it's sad if it's true. Why would you leave your wife for having a miscarriage? I don't know different times and you know maybe that's not the whole reason like why because okay, but if that is yeah. the reason ew yeah that's <laughs> yeah, just what I found online that he left her after a miscarriage I was like ew yeah, no, okay. I don't like that no after her divorce she turned to check forgery and prostitution to make ends meet however this would cause her to be arrested Dorothea spent four nights in jail followed by three years probation that's messed up yeah Four years later, in 1952, she got remarried to a sailor named Axel Johansson. This, Whoa. yeah, <laughs> sorry, what a name! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> this marriage lasted 14 years and was allegedly filled with physical and emotional abuse. Johansson, being a sailor, would spend months on end at sea. This gave Puente an opportunity to resume her sex work while he was away. During the during the marriage in 1960, Puente was actually arrested for running. Puente, however, would be released after just 90 days, <clears throat> and she then continued her sex work till she landed a job as a nursing aide for a private nursing home. Well, she went from sex work to nursing, to nursing aid. Yeah. <laughs> that is quite the career jump. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So, did he know that she was doing sex work? I think he did, because I found uh, uh, information that he was upset about her sex work, but I didn't know, like, if I should put that in, because, you yeah. know, it could be a assuming that there was abuse, and I don't, you know. Yeah, we have no clue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were not there. No. And it sounds like she probably was the type to be a little bit abusive herself. Yeah. Um, but either way, abuse is not okay. <laughs> it could be from both sides, too. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, either way. Mm-hmm. Okay, but... Um, in one source I read that in 1961, she was committed to DeWitt State Hospital, where she was described as having an unstable personality... She didn't stay long, though, and went straight back to her regular old ways when she was out. Well, I didn't do her any good. No. <laughs> it wasn't helpful. <laughs> no. <laughs> in 1966, Puente divorced Johansson and married another man named Roberto Puente. My lord. Yes. <laughs> she, a, lot of, a lot of marriages. No kidding. Puente was 19 years her junior. Jeez. Roberto was 19 years her junior, so he was 19 years younger. Jeez, I know. cougar. I know, right? Dang. <laughs> I was like, get it. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> this marriage, however, didn't last long. The marriage would be over after just two years due to Roberto's wandering eye. However, this wouldn't be her shortest marriage. Yes. She has, she's really bad at picking out men. Yeah, she is. She, you know, she just. She's a bad type. You know. She might need to look into that. <laughs> oh, this is. I don't know if my dad's ever going to listen to it. I was going to say, like, you know, she gets married as many times as my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that. <laughs> Sorry, dad, if you listen, but, you know, you have to admit it's a little true. <laughs> <laughs> a 
I mean, there's proof. You know? <laughs> um, before the couple decided to call it quits, they opened a boarding house together for alcoholics. I appreciate that there are places to go for recovery for those who need it, but the thought of her owning one of these places is fucking scary. Also, career changes. <laughs> the career jumps in this woman. Right? I mean, at least going from nursing aid to, like, boarding house is, like, a little bit better of a job than sex worker to But you're <laughs> owning a boarding house. That's true, yeah. That's not a nurse. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I mean, it's like a nurse trying to own a hotel. It's weird. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> they called the boarding house the Samaritans and took in drifters as well as alcoholics who would pay for their upkeep with their social security checks. This is when Puente realized there was an up, untapped population for alcoholics, senior citizens, and chronically ill who needed care, and most importantly to her, received government money, which is so fucked. That's what I was scared of. Yeah. <laughs> when I heard you say, like, social security checks, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> I just, like, hear that TikTok song. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> After the marriage to Roberto ended, she claimed that the boarding house was $10,000 in debt, which would be about $90,000 today. However, she did return to this business model. After declaring the Samaritan's boarding house bankrupt, Puente promptly set up a new boarding house on 2100 F Street in a large 16-bedroom Victorian house in the early 1970s. Wait, so how did they get a new house when they were in someone's debt? You know, she had her ways. I'm not really sure how she did it, but she opened, like, a few boarding houses. I'm not even in debt, and I can't get a normal house. <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> she opened, like, like 16-bedroom, like, Victorian house. Like, bougie. So I can't even get, like, a good three-bedroom house. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> what is a three-bedroom house? <laughs> I'll take, like, a two-bedroom right. house. Well, like, a seance and call her forth, and I was like, how'd you do this? <laughs> Let me know your ways, yeah. not not the bad ways. Yeah, not the bad ways. Just like, how just how'd you get a house? Yes, with debt, that right. much debt too. Yeah, Dang it. like ninety thousand is like not a small thing. No, <laughs> I can't. I would be having anxiety problems I know. if I was in that much debt. Yeah, the but crippling this, anxiety. Yeah, but that's that she claimed that, so I don't know like how. But she did claim bankruptcy, so so there's some debt. Like, there is some huge debt. Yeah, if you claim bankruptcy. Yeah, exactly. So that's true, but. Yeah. Silas <laughs> creepily whispered. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Dorothea at this time was pretending to be a doctor. She would hang up fake diplomas on the wall and sit in on checkups with residents. Soon she would go out and offer, quote, vitamin injections and medical advice to local residents. Why'd she have to pretend to be a doctor? But she was a nurse. Well, she wanted to, like, um, I think make people feel safer with her and, like, be able to, like, give them, like... Then get a degree. I know. You're already a nurse. I mean, I don't think she was licensed as a nurse. Well, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my mom about it, and my mom, you know, was a nurse. Yeah. And she was saying that, like, um, this happened, unfortunately, quite a bit back in, like, the 70s where people would, like, pretend to be nurses and they never got checked out or whatever. That's so weird. That's yeah. wild to me. Yeah. Like, how do you get jobs as a nurse if you're not licensed? Yeah, I don't. I think now they're more on top of it, but back I then. I would hope so. <laughs> right? Great. <laughs> Except I go to the hospital and be like, where's your license? You know, I need to see your diploma. I need to see all of it. Where's your, your debt? Where's your student debt? <laughs> yes. Show that to me. <laughs> Any credentials before you treat me? <laughs> 
1976, she met and married Pedro Montalvo, who, from what I read, was a violent alcoholic. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like she was around a lot of abuse in her life, and I can't imagine what that did to her psychologically. Not in any way defending her. No one deserves abuse, but also no one deserves what she did either. In my opinion, what she did was so much worse than anything she went through, but that might be just my opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> and, we, you know, we'll obviously find out what she does later on in the story. Her marriage to Pedro was very short-lived with when with Pedro leaving her after only one week. Damn. So like the honeymoon's over and he's gone. <laughs> <I know. laughs> he's like, yeah, you know what? I changed my mom. I just want the honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> Good I want the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> he's went the vacation yes. and the good sex and he's gone yep exactly <laughs> um this is when but not why she started scamming full time i believe her whole life though was just one giant bill up to the awful crime she committed for a while social workers looked past puente's eccentric behavior and actually admired her for dealing with dealing with what they considered to be the tough cases they what? just like looked past her shit that's weird. Yeah. So first the licensing, now this. Yeah, it's wild. In 1977, she had turned herself into a major part of the Sacramento community. She was even a major contributor to both Republican and Democratic parties. Supposedly, during one fundraiser, she even danced with California Governor Jerry Brown. Interesting. So okay. she was part of both parties? Yeah, I don't, I don't How understand. How do you do that? Yeah, I don't know. She was. Major- they would see, like... Her yeah. hang out the other party and be mad. Right? Yeah, yeah. She's like, like the diehard. She like yeah, like donated to both parties. I don't. That makes no sense. Just I pick a party. I know. Um, but in 1978, just a year later, would be a turning point for Puente. She was arrested and convicted for forging her tenant's signature on their benefit checks. She was given five years probation, which included the stipulation that she could no longer run a boarding house. This could she still be a nurse? Well, I mean, <laughs> I put down, like, this would have been great if only they would have followed up on it more. They didn't follow up on it. Oh, fun. Yeah. But I guess it wasn't actually that easy to keep track of her because of all the marriages and the time period. It just made it harder to keep track with all the name changes. This bitch keeps getting married. Uh, Change your name. Maybe that's why she kept getting married, all the name changes. She maybe, put different maybe. names on different things. And Honestly, smart. Yeah. I mean, not for good ways. <laughs> yeah, right. But if you're trying to, like, run and hide from the law, smart. Yeah, right. <laughs> Because she has paper for all those things. Uh, yeah, she has a bunch of different names. <laughs> exactly. Um, after her conviction, she worked for a while as an in-home caregiver. Over a four-year time period, she kept coming up on people's radar when her patients kept ending up in the hospital. But, of course, nothing was done. Also, was she even licensed? Let's, you know, Obviously like, like talked, not. Yeah, like we talked about earlier, like, no, she was not. <laughs> she has no license. Yeah. She gets houses out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. <laughs> boom, get, have a house. Yeah. I wish it was that easy, you know. Just yeah, Boom, have a house. husband. <laughs> yeah, I know. Boom. <laughs> That's how her life is going. Boom, have this. <laughs> yes. In 1982, she met a man at a local bar, and the two of them went back to his apartment, where Puente drugged him. The man was conscious, but paralyzed, and he watched for... Puente rob his apartment. Isn't that fucking scary? That's weird. That's, That's terrifying. Yeah. He even watched her walk up to him and take a ring off his finger. Jeez. She gave like zero fucks. She really did. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Once the man regained mobility, he called the police and Puente was arrested. However. Oh no. And I, <laughs> I don't like that word. Puente acted like a sweet old lady who was just giving gifts. 
So oh, the, shut up. I know. <laughs> so the police let her out on bail. Police really dropped the ball a lot when it came to Puente, be- especially because this wasn't the only time this happened. She would drug and rob people and be let out on bail four times. Four times? Four fucking times. One was bad enough. I know. Yeah, four. (laughs) Were police even trained in this county? Not trying to throw shade. I know their job isn't easy, but damn, how many red flags do they need? No, I'm throwing shade. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Four times? Yeah. Also, she had a bunch of other, like, charges and stuff. Yeah, I know. Like, I can see, like, maybe, like, a couple times. But the third, fourth time, you need to be, like... Even a couple times, though. She drugged them and robbed them. True, I mean, she they can do a drug test. That's true. Yeah. I mean, um, did they have capability in the 70s and 80s? I have no clue. I wasn't alive. Neither was I. That's what I'm asking. I don't know. I have no clue. Yeah. I know, like, DNA wasn't, like, really, like... Okay. But, but, she, but they they watched her do it. Yeah, exactly. They were their own witness. Yeah, like we did not give her these gifts. I know. So I don't know. Please drop. You know, right? Throw shade. We're Throw shade. all the shade. All <laughs> of it. <laughs> Rewrite the script. <laughs> shade. <laughs> it was around the time of these arrests that she became business partners with Ruth Monroe. Monroe supposedly didn't know anything about Puente's legal troubles and had just agreed to start a catering business with Puente because her cooking skills were so well regarded. Now she's a caterer? Yeah, I know. This woman cannot pick a lane. I know. She's like, you know, I don't really know what I want to do. Like, I'll just do it all. Just do it all. Just do everything. Yes. It's like Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> right? She's Barbie, but messed up. Yeah. She also chose like a fucked up path. Exactly, yeah. In April 1982, Monroe actually moved in with Puente to save on expenses. Oh, no, girl. Yeah, since Monroe's husband had entered hospice care. But by the end of that same month, Monroe would be dead. An autopsy revealed a large amount of codeine in her system. Her cause of death was labeled undetermined, but at the time, law enforcement thought it was likely a suicide. Bullshit. No. Do they not see who she's living with? Yeah, right. I know. Puente then emptied the joint bank account she shared with Monroe and decided to flee Sacramento. Sketchy. Yeah. I guess, like, Monroe, like, had emptied out a bunch of, like, her money, her own money into the joint savings account to um, get the business going. Like, Puente kept saying, like, oh, I need this and this and that and that. And so she kept putting money in. So she just took all of her money. That's so messed up. Yeah. She ended up drugging and robbing a former patient and bought a plane ticket to Mexico. But she was arrested before she could board the plane. And this time, her lawyer couldn't argue that she wasn't a flight risk. Oh, God. Thank God. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah. On August 19th, 1982, she was sentenced to five years for drugging elderly people and stealing their benefit checks. After her arrest, Monroe's family contacted the district attorney and shared their suspicions with him. However, since the death looked like a suicide and since Puente was already in jail, he ultimately decided it wasn't worth pursuing a conviction. Which is fucked up because that could have been a murder charge. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, that could have, like, sealed her being put away. Also, she only got five years for that. Yeah. Ridiculous. She did so much. There's so much on her record. I know. Only five years. That's, like, nothing. I know. You sleep through that and be fine. Yeah, they just think, oh, she's a sweet old lady. Like, nah. No, 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 no. I know. (laughs) While in prison, Puente started talking to a man named Everson Gilmouth. What is his name? <laughs> she finds the weirdest name, man. Right. I'm sorry. Through a pen pal exchange. Gilmouth lived in Oregon. And oh, ab- God. <laughs> right? 
And after Puente was released in 1985, after only serving three of her five years. Wait, no. Yeah. She got out early. What? Yeah. Three years? Mm -hmm. For all of that? Yeah. She got out early. What is wrong with these people? Yeah. He drove to pick her up at her halfway house in Fresno. Then together they moved to Sacramento. So he just, like, met this woman in prison. He's like, yeah, let's move in together, baby. Why would you move in with someone who just got out of prison? I know. (laughs) Like, did he know what she did? I mean, I don't know. But he knows she was in prison. Oh my god. <laughs> he also makes bad life decisions. Right, All these people, bad life decisions. Yeah. Um, after Puente was released, she was on parole. Under the terms of her parole, she was not to work with the elderly or deal with p- other people's social security checks. Bet you that won't stop her. Exactly. So, but of course, Puente didn't give two <laughs> shits and at least her doing both of those things. <laughs> like, right. Of course. Of course. Yeah, yes. What else did she do? Exactly. She and Gilmouth moved to 1426 F Street, where Puente, once again, opened a boarding house. Oh, my God. And <laughs> she took in the elderly, those with addiction, and those with mental illness, basically targeting anyone who didn't have a strong social network in her eyes. Did she somehow get into their house, too? I know, right? She's now a criminal. Yeah. I How'd know. she get a house? Right? She just, like, comes out of jail, like, you know, I love this one. And they're like, okay. Like, sweet, just sign on the dial line, go for it. Is that how I get a house? Yeah. <laughs> just go be like, I will take it. <laughs> I got no I want that. Yeah. <laughs> Can't afford it, want it. Exactly. <laughs> Shortly after moving to F Street with Puente, Gilmouth disappeared. Oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> after his disappearance, Puente kept cashing his pension checks, and according to one source, she even wrote to his family as if he was still alive. Ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Fucking creepy if that's true. It's believed Puente murdered Gilmouth in late November or early December 1985. So she, so the same year he picked her up from the halfway house and they moved in together. She did not waste any time. No, she really didn't. She was like, let's go right back to it. Exactly. I mean, like, with Monroe's death, like, within the same month, like, she had killed her. And then with uh, Gilmouth, it was, like, same year. Yeah. That's so it was like, wild. yeah, she just... Like, just enough time to get comfortable. Yeah. And then just boom. Exactly. Yeah. Life change. Right. <laughs> Parole officers actually visited her house numerous times, and they were aware of the stipulations that she was not to handle other people's checks or work with the elderly. But, of course, nothing was done. Shocker. Wait, they saw her working with, like, elderly people? Yeah. And they did fucking nothing. What is wrong with these people? Was she, like, you know, hot or something? I don't know why I said don't, I'm not throwing shade at the police. Because, you know what? They're, they needed a little bit of shade. Like, what the hell's wrong with them? I know. What God. was she doing to them? <laughs> was she paying them off? Was Miami, she, I don't know. I mean, maybe. with her, like lots of debt. I don't know how she'd be paying them off. I mean, she's getting a lot of social security jobs. I know, but then she's in debt. I know, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Where did, like, all the debt come from? I know. Scarlett, she wasn't that good with her money. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I get that she made record-keeping difficult, primarily due to all the name changes, but they still knew she was on parole and what the conditions were. So. I mean, at this point, they knew who she was. Exactly, yeah. Like, they had all her records. They have all her last names, I'm yeah. sure. They have all the records, I'm yeah. sure. Like, they could At this point, piece they it together. Yeah. Like, it's... She can't be hiding anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is wild. Yeah. When people... When people would go missing from Parente's boarding house, she was always ready to go with an excuse. Because of this, it would take a while before anyone would voice their concerns. Oh, my God. I know. It wasn't until Bert Montoya's disappearance that Puente's death house was addressed. Like many of her tenants... Montoya had developmental disabilities and schizophrenia. He ended up missing a meeting with his social worker, Judy Moyes, in November 1988, after which Moyes reported him missing. 
Oh, no. Yeah. Moisewit has videos online of her meeting Montoya, and he truly did seem such a kind soul. Moise remembers meeting Puente before she got Montoya into her boarding house. She said that Puente had a box of kittens she was caring for. This painted Puente in a positive light for Moise and made her feel comfortable and confident about sending Montoya to live there. Oh, she used kittens as, like, bait? Yeah. That's sad. I are, those, are those kittens okay? I hope so. I didn't I, say anything about them, but, like, I imagine that they she were... She better not she, touch those damn kittens. I know. Like, no. No. No, 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 no. I'm assuming they were okay because she probably used them to show, like, look, these cats. They were just bait. Yeah, exactly. They were bait to get people to come in. Fucking awful. Those poor cats. And people, but... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Poor cats. I know. Jess and I both have a lot of, like, compassion and care for little baby animals. I mean, those are my kids. I know, yeah, (laughs) All I have are cats for kids. I know. I have, like, a strong, like, protectiveness over children and animals. Mine's, like, big for animals. Yeah. I have such a protective thing for animals. Mm -hmm. So I hear, like, I can't even watch, like, nature channels when, like, animals are fighting and stuff. No, no. I know. I can't. You know. It messes me up. I know. That's sad to me. It is. Um, Moise does feel guilty about sending Montoya to live there, but she really shouldn't because she couldn't have known. She was really just doing what she felt was best for him and at the time, and there was nothing wrong with that. She cared for Montoya's well-being, and he was lucky to have her. Yeah. Um, it just broke my heart, like, watching the video, like, of her, like, just how guilty she felt. But it's like, she could have known. I mean, I can't imagine the guilt she would feel. Yeah. I, I can't imagine doing that Someone like, He still seemed like such a sweet... I, I mean, know. All these men, you know, like, they, like, I don't know much about, like, all of them, but, like, him in particular just seemed like such a sweet guy. And yeah. He reminded me a little bit of my brother. My brother doesn't have the same issues, but he just, I don't know, something about, like, this, you know. Yeah. His soul, like, came across him even in the video. Yeah. Well, it just says it's <clears> sad. <throat> And just, like, I can't imagine, like I said, the guilt that you would carry. Feeling yeah. like it was your fault, even though you had no clue. Exactly. Yeah, how are you supposed to know? These police are dumb as hell. I know. How are you supposed to know? Right? If the police had done their fucking job, it wouldn't be in this situation. I know. Exactly. Moise actually initially asked Puente where Montoya was before reporting him missing, but she gave conflicting stories. First, oh, she said, she yeah. First, she said that Montoya went to Mexico with her brother, saying that it was a fiesta. What? I know. Just a fiesta, no certain event. Yeah. A fiesta. Yeah. That's what Moise said in her interview. Then later she had a man who called himself Don Anthony call Moise and say that Montoya's family came and got him. This is when Moise reported Montoya missing. Her like her sensors like went off. She's like, uh he doesn't have family that's gonna come pick him up. So. Yeah, that would definitely send like your sensors off. Yeah. You're like, um yeah. no. She's like, uh no no no. <laughs> <laughs> not right, not right. Yeah. Also the fiesta thing. I know. Like that, that would send my sensors off. Yeah. I think it did for her a little bit too, but she was like, um mean <laughs> What do you mean just like a fiesta? Yeah, she's like what? random fiesta in Mexico. Yeah. Sure they happen all the time there. Right. <laughs> um when police initially went to her house, they looked around but didn't find anything suspicious, except for some soil that looked to be recently disturbed. When they were there, a man named John Sharp handed one of the detectives a note that read, quote, She wants me to lie to you, end quote. A few That's days ominous. I know. <laughs> a few days later, the detectives showed back up with a warrant asking Puente if they could dig in her backyard. Puente said yes and apparently handed them a shovel? She just wants some gardening, like free gardening. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> like, yeah, go dig some yeah. holes over there. Right. And plant some flowers right there. She was either senile, forgot what she did, or was just that cocky. <laughs> Probably just that cocky. Exactly. That's yeah. the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, no, for real. 
When they started digging, though, Puente made a ballsy move. Another one? Yeah. Right? The shovel was kind of ballsy. Right? I can't imagine. Can I dig in your garden? Yeah, here, take a shovel. I know. That's why she was on it. She was like, she asked the detectives if she could go down the street and get coffee. Since at this point she wasn't a suspect, they let her go. No. I know. <laughs> she has been on parole. I know. She has a record. Yeah. And they got a note saying that she was having people lie for her. Yeah, the cop. Fucking stupid. I fully understand that at this point she wasn't a suspect. Like, I understand that. Um, but she but, was. Yeah. But at this, but if they're digging for people, fucking digging for missing people, they clearly don't think they're alive. So precautions? Wouldn't that make her a suspect, though? Yeah, I know. I Technically, know. she's a suspect. I they know. gave her a warrant yeah, I mean, for she's not her before they house. found the first body, but it's like, fucking damn. But they like, put a warrant for her house. Yeah, I know. So it makes her a suspect, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I, mean, I would assume. I mean, I'm not a police officer, but fuck. I just but, like, in gen... Not, but, like, a, a facial suspect. But when you're searching someone's house, you don't let them go get fucking coffee. No, like, she's not, like, an official suspect, but they are searching her house. Yeah, I know. Like, don't... And they know that she had people lying for her. Yeah. Just so sort of fucking stick around. She has a criminal record. Yeah. What's wrong with these people? <sighs> I could do better detective work than this. Yeah. Right. I know. Right? <laughs> Damn. Oops. Maybe I should change careers. <laughs> We'll I can be, be like her, just jump around. Right, we'll both be detectives. We'll Store get design done. to a detective. Yes. <laughs> um, once the detective said yes, she promptly left and fled to Los Angeles. Shocker. Mm, After she fled, they found a body, and that's when the detective realized he had just allowed her to escape. He's like, oh. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> oh, my God, it took you that long. He's like, <sighs> well... He's like, oh, that's why you hold people and not let them leave. That's the reason. You learn something new every day. (laughs) What training? Was he not licensed too? Probably. (laughs) At this rate. No one was licensed in the 70s and 80s. Nobody. (laughs) Trust no one. (laughs) That is the the moral of the story. Trust no one. No, 70s and 80s were not a time to trust people. Everyone was on drugs and didn't. <laughs> and not licensed to anything. Exactly, yeah. They're just getting houses and jobs and right. husbands. Right. Oh, sorry. There's a cat. You're yeah. scratching at the door. It's, it's the cat. Yeah, it's the person I could now. Yeah, they would be one of the Brighton sisters. That's all, you know. They're boys. So it won't work. Hey. <laughs> you don't know they're a gender identity. <laughs> sorry. Not like I live with them or anything. <laughs> Oh man! Plus, he's trying to like barricade his way through the door. Yeah, if the door just like flies open, that would be like it'll be be like a hole in the bottom of your door. Oh god, this is a rental. (laughs) We can't afford a house. (laughs) Don't fuck it up. Um, they ended up finding seven bodies in her backyard belonging to Bert Montoya, Leona Carpenter, Dorothy Miller, Benjamin Fink, James Gallup, Vera Faye Martin. And Betty Palmer. She buried seven bodies in her yeah, backyard. Seven. How big was her backyard? Uh, not that big. How myself. the hell do you fit seven bodies? And have it not smell? And it, well, we'll oh, that. God. <laughs> yes. Actually, that's the next part. Oh. Good segue. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Apparently, Puente's neighbors had been complaining about a smell mm-hmm. and flies coming from her backyard since May. Remember, we're in November at this point. May? Yeah. And we're in November at this point. 
Like, what the fuck took them so long? And how did the officers not notice when they visited? Like I said, shade. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? Since Puente had fled at this point, the police started a manhunt that stretched all the way to Mexico, and it took police five days to find her. Oh, my God. Yeah. Maybe if she didn't go get coffee. Maybe she just <laughs> held on to her for, like, five more minutes. Right, I know. That's all it would have been. Okay. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> While Puente was on the run, she was staying at the Royal Viking Hotel in Los Angeles, where she attempted to go back to her old ways of picking up men at local bars and drugging and robbing them. This is a bad time to do that. I know, right? Exactly. Because <laughs> her reputation had finally caught up with her, and her face was all over the news. So bad Thank time to God. fucking do that. Finally, something's happening. Yeah. Using the name Donna Johnson, she picked up a man named Charles Wilbraves at a bar. Soon after meeting her, though, Wilgraves realized why the woman calling herself Donna looked familiar and called police. Puente, Good. yes, Puente was then arrested and held with El Bell, finally. Thank God. No. Puente was charged with the murders of the seven people that they found in her, buried in her backyard, as well as the murders of Ruth Monroe and Everson Gilmouth. Her preliminary hearing was held in Sacramento, but was eventually moved to Monterey, California, after the judge determined that a fair trial wouldn't be possible due to the media coverage. That makes sense. It does. It is truly amazing, though, to hear and see her interviews. I recommend looking them up and watching them if you haven't seen them. It's surreal. Is it? Yeah, she had zero guilt and was pretty convincing in her old lady act, which is creepy as fuck. Yeah, Those creep me out. I hate when they, like, act like they're not guilty i know it's so like, i'm just a sweet old lady like i'm just trying to get my life on track like, it was just like she really like had the act down packed it was creepy Ew, it's, I, it's just no. i kind of watched it. yeah you should because it's you do it after this yeah it's wild <laughs> look them up yes during the trial lawyers were able to show that between 1985 and 1988 puente had gotten prescriptions for the sedative dalmine which is telling because all of the victims had dalmine in their bodies yeah. However, they were not able to prove that Puente had been the one to administer the drug. How? Yeah. She got the prescriptions found in the bodies, and all the bodies except two were found in her backyard. That, to me, would be proof enough. Yeah, no kidding. <sighs> Did they test her, see if it was in her system? Apparently not. I didn't see anything about that. Why wouldn't they do that? See, I'm a better detective. I know, right? We need to switch careers. <laughs> not in store design anymore. Right. I'm a detective. Quit my job tomorrow. <laughs> Any coworkers listening, I'm not actually going to quit my job. Oh, yeah, same, same. I'm staying. I'm coming on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, it didn't really matter, though, because in 1993, Puente was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Thank God. Oh, hell fucking yeah. <laughs> Celebrate. <laughs> Woo. Celebrate. <laughs> okay, no, we can sing. We're going to sing now. <laughs> Karaoke hour. Still dancing. Okay. <laughs> Just don't have the chair squeak. Right. Mine will do it if I move too much. Don't dance in that chair. Okay, got it. No. (laughs) Dorothea maintained her innocence, claiming the victims died of natural causes. Uh, (laughs) Prescription is not natural. This makes no sense because if they died of natural causes, you'd call police, not bury them in your fucking backyard. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Also, prescription drugs are not natural. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) They just naturally fell into their system. I don't know how that happened. You're right. Yeah, no. Naturally happen. Yeah. They naturally ended up in the ground. Yeah, it's natural. Yeah, they just like walked out there, dug themselves a grave, and just boom. Died. And somehow had drugs in their. I know. Naturally. Wild. <laughs> it's possession. Yeah. 
Dorothea died March 27th, 2011 of natural causes. So she got like a natural cause death. Like, Was it though? Right, I mean. She, <laughs> she claimed they were natural no, causes. She didn't deserve no natural. She deserved a painful death. Yeah. <laughs> we should bury her in the backyard. Right, exactly. She was 82 years old at the time of her death. From what I found, her house was bought by a couple who renovated the house and are now selling tickets for tours. Ew, why? Yeah. They even have a statue of her outside the front door. Why? She's on Idol. It's fucking creepy. That statue is fucking creepy. She's on Idol, though. No. You don't want to, like, worship her. Yeah. I looked for to buy tickets to give prices but couldn't find it. However, they are on Yelp and you can find pictures and videos of the house online. But in my opinion, I wouldn't visit. It just looks online that it's done very poor, in poor taste with the with little regard for what actually happened there. But, you know... I, I don't understand, like, when they tore that house. Like, it's so messed up. And, like, and they have, like, signs that's, like... I can't remember exact wording, but it was something like, don't blame me, the house. It wasn't my fault. Like, Ew. they just made it really tacky and really, like, heartless about, like, what the what the victims actually Yeah, what those through. poor people went there. And, like, their families Yeah, like, I'd be so pissed if one of my family members died. Like, I can't even imagine. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, especially, like, think about, like... Well, not especially, like, just one of the people, like, that comes to mind is Judy Moyes, who, like, mm-hmm. who has, like, what if she has to walk past this house every day? Yeah, and see no that kidding. statue. Like, yeah. It'd be traumatic. Why would they make a statue of her? I don't like, they idolized her or something. That's it's like, so weird. Yeah, it's so weird. Also, like, the what tacky museum-type house? Yeah, no. For what happened? Yeah, no. That's so sad. It is. It's, no. I'm, like, burn that house down. Yeah. This case is... Yeah. That's not actually... I'm actually gonna do no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> right. Not a real threat? Yes. <laughs> probably make that clear. <laughs> True. If it burns down tomorrow, it wasn't me. Yeah. We live in Oregon. We do not live anywhere near... I did not buy a plane ticket. Yeah. Yes. We are too poor for plane tickets. We are in Oregon. Yeah. If we've already established, I can't get a house. <laughs> I think I can buy a last minute plane ticket? Right. No. <laughs> Um, this case was really hard to get through, though. The things she did, the horror the victims must have felt, is just truly awful. Because these people came to her looking for help and mm-hmm. seeking shelter, and she just fucked them over. Yeah. In multiple ways. Even the people who didn't die, like, it just, I don't know. But Just all the families and stuff, too. Yeah, it's just, it's horrible. It is. I hope her victims found peace in the afterlife and fucked Dorothea. Truly a t- horrible human being. Yes. Very true. Very, yeah. very true. Oh my god. So that's that's the case I have for that's today. Wild. I know. So basically don't trust anyone. No, don't and trust nobody anyone. might be licensed. Yeah, yes. Check for license. Yes, you people. go to the doctor, you need credentials. <laughs> credentials, yes. like student loan. Right, yes. Everything. Yes. <laughs> Prove to me. Yeah. <laughs> you went through years of schooling. Yes. Damn though, that's wild. And the place really fucked up. Yeah. I'm sorry, all the shade. I yeah. know you said no shade. Shade. Yeah, I changed my mind on that because they really <laughs> fucked up. They no, it pisses me off. Like letting her go get coffee? Are you that stupid? Yeah, I mean, just everything they did, like yeah. the parole, like they would yeah. barely check. Like, how did they so not stupid. know? Like, how did they not notice the smell? That's I what I want to know. No clue. Like they had to dig to know. Yeah. If the neighbors could I mean, smell it, how like unseasoned were these detectives? Because they know the smell of a dead body. Yeah, they should anyway. Yes, detectives. It's a very like apparently don't know yeah. very distinct smell though. Yeah. like it's not unlike anything else. Yeah, well, it's like uh, makes me think of um, oh shoot, it was um, he was a clown killer. Was he? Oh, I thought of Pennywise, no. but I know that's not it. I know it's fictional. What's John his? Wayne Gacy. Thank you, yes. I couldn't think of his name. That's Pennywise came The detectives came were, like, all buddy-buddy with him, like, stupid. They got beers and shit with yeah. Him? yeah, and then, like, fucking, but one of them had to use his bathroom and then smelled the um, decomposing mm-hmm. bodies, and he was like, well, fuck, I gotta arrest my buddy now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why you don't get buddy-buddy with, like, a criminal. Yeah. 
Especially when you're a detective. Yeah. What are you doing? (laughs) You're just asking them to arrest your friend. Yeah. That's so dumb. Oh, my God. Seriously. (laughs) Anyways, if you liked our story. (laughs) And all of our random laughing. Or horrible, like, or terrified by, you know, join us for more frightening (laughs) stories. Give us a like and a follow. And you can find out how to get a hold of us via our website, FrightenedSisters.com. Woo! We hope you keep listening and stay safe. Bye. Bye.